Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Gisela Aguiar, and my goal is to show you how to have a fulfilling personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the salvation that is through Christ alone by the free gift of God's grace. It looks like 2021 may be as challenging as 2020, if not more. We need to trust in something that is eternal, that is not of this world. And that is Jesus Christ, our confident hope. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Seek the truth. Ask God to open your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what His Spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the Word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. How to Trust God to Bring Good Things Out of a Bad Situation Paul's primary goal was to find people who were far from God and teach them the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ. Nothing could stop him, not even being publicly humiliated, flogged, and thrown in prison. Here in Acts 16, in Paul's second missionary journey, we witness how God takes something bad and turns it around for good. They also meet some interesting people that Paul helps convert. Let's dig in. Acts 16. Paul went first to Derby and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. In deference to the Jews of the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and the elders in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. A call from Macedonia. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north for the province of Bithynia, but again the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Lydia of Philippi believes in Jesus. We boarded a boat at Troas. Now you notice a second here that all of a sudden it's we. Luke is writing this. So it seems like Luke has joined the party here because instead of saying, you know, they and them, it's we and us. Uh -huh. I didn't notice that. We boarded a boat at Troas and sailed straight across to the island of Samothrace. The next day we landed at Neapolis. From there, we reached Philippi, a major city of that district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. And we stayed there several days. 
On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside the city to a riverbank where we thought people would be meeting for prayer. And we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia from Thyatira, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshiped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized and she asked us to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she says, come and stay at my home. And she urged us until we agreed. Paul and Silas in prison. One day, as we were going down to the palace of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God. They have come to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. That picture that I have at the top of my blog is a picture I found of a dungeon. I don't know if that's where they were, but you know, just to give you the impression of inner dungeon. You know, it was dark and gloomy and probably had critters running around. Verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Okay, so these guys are in prison, clamp their feet in stocks in this inner dungeon, which is dark. I'm sure they didn't, you know, have any lights there that, you know, that <laughs> it was dark. Okay, so around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Speaking of which, God. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer awoke to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, it was dark, and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he 
and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. You see, as an adult, when you believe in the Lord Jesus and you, you gain his salvation, you need to be baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Verse 35. The next morning, the city officials send the police to tell the jailer, let those men go. So the jailer told Paul, the city officials have said, you and Silas are free to leave. Go in peace. But Paul replied, they have publicly beaten us without a trial and put us in prison and we are Roman citizens. So now they want us to leave secretly? Certainly not. Let them come themselves to release us. When the police reported this, the city officials were alarmed to learn that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens. So they came to the jail and apologized to them. Then they brought them out and begged them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas left the prison, they returned to the home of Lydia. There they met with the believers and encouraged them once more. Then they left town. 16. Over in my blog, you can click on over there, and I have a map of Paul's second missionary journey. Um, and it helps to have a map so you can picture where all these places are. Now, this map is um, uh, public domain. It's also in Italian, but you can tell which what the cities are. Um, um, they're just about pronounced the same. But here are some interesting points to ponder. Okay. Um, seems like Lydia now had a home church because all the believers were there at Lydia's house. So that was the start of the home churches. Bad about that. And here we meet Timothy, who becomes a mentee of Paul's, to whom he later writes two very important letters. And I did a study on those letters. You can click on over to my blog um, and check those out. And what Paul teaches Timothy is very pertinent to us today. Definitely. Timothy, who's half Jew, half Greek, gets circumcised just in case to avoid any trouble down the line with other Jews. Now, another point. Imagine you set out to go on a road trip. Then you hear a voice that says, no, 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 don't go that way. Then God gave Paul a vision of a man from Macedonia who begged Paul to go there. Here's something to think about. Was there something worse in Asia that God didn't want Paul and Silas to encounter? Or did God want Paul and Silas to be put in prison in Philippi just so the prison guard and his family could be saved? Had they gone to Asia, they wouldn't have met Lydia. And Lydia was from Thyatira in the area that God prohibited them from going. Now, Thyatira is one of the churches that gets a letter from Jesus in the book of Revelation. And I have a link to that, uh, to that one there also in, in my blog. Lydia was a merchant, and she spoke to a lot of people every day. What better person to help spread the good news in Asia? God had a purpose in sending them to Macedonia. Moreover, Paul and Silas were obedient. Paul and Silas were singing hymns in prison, and all the other prisoners heard them. Was the earthquake God's response to their devotion? 
Through Paul and Silas's imprisonment, a whole family came to know Jesus as their savior. Good out of bad. Maybe this experience inspired Paul to write this verse in the letter to the Romans. It's Romans 8:28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Let me read that again. And we know, we have insurance, that God causes everything. What's everything? Everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Okay, so there's a little, there's a little bit of a caveat in there, okay? You need to love God, follow God, obey God. Most times we can't see the good in a bad situation. For me, I've had three experiences that taught me to trust God. The first one was being stuck in an awful job with no way out. Second one was going through two hurricanes two weeks apart. It was in Florida. And the third being unemployed for two years. That was here in Arizona. With each experience, I had no one to turn to but God. So how do you find and trust God in today's world? We look around the world today and think, what a mess. It may look grim, but God is still in control. And Jesus is still king of kings. We need to trust God. Seek Jesus. He is our confident hope. And hope is in no one else. Nothing else, no other person, no political party, no government. Nobody here on earth except Jesus. If you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind in the rapture, which can happen any moment, this is what you have to do. Invite Jesus into your heart. If you don't know what to do, if you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog, and click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne.
Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3.9, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24:14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.